throwing it out was a means to an end because I wanted to try the old James Newberry dreadlock look and tomorrow is dread you, day. Seriously? Yep. Dude, that's super dope. So I wanted to get the last time I had my hair this long, so I had my hair this long in like 2015 and then I cut it and I really, the number one regret was I wanted to get cornrows, but my girlfriend wouldn't let me. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I ever decide to cut it again, I am getting cornrows first. I think I'll look ridiculous, Attaboy. but yeah. I want to get cornrows. Yeah. You know, that's potential for me too. Like I, I yeah. could end up looking totally ridiculous, but I'll never know until I try. So I said to Joanne, if I totally. do it and it looks cool, then we'll roll with it. And if it looks terrible, I can just cut it right off. Explain that process to me. How do you dreadlock your hair? Isn't it you just don't wash it for like ever? Uh, no, yes and no. Um, so with my hair, I don't mm -hmm. know if mine's similar to yours. Mine's like very fine and straight. Right. What, there's a woman that lives here that specializes in doing that kind of hair. She said she'll mm -hmm. do like small braids. And then you basically have to like roll them so that the hair gets like really knotted around it essentially. Right. Um, and so that she'll like create them and then I have to turn them into the yeah, yeah. dreadlocks. More Dude. or less, I guess. We'll find out. I'm so fascinated by that because like the amount of like little things I've been doing with my hair, like I started doing the Daisy Ridley. Like you've seen the new Star Wars movies? Yeah. What does that look like again? You I know the, the girl from the new Star Wars movies, the like Jedi, whatever, Daisy Ridley? She's pretty cute. Place. I don't yeah, know if she, she looks yeah. as cute as she does. Oh, I mean, that's for the people to decide, not for me. But I get one bun up here and one bun down here. Because my okay. problem is, like, my hair is too thick. My hair is, like, someone took, like, a volumizing shampoo and lathered it on me as a child. Like, I don't know what happened, nice. but it's too Lucky thick. Guy. Well, I mean, you think that, but then try doing CrossFit with it. It's like every time I do a double under, my hair just goes like this uh, and falls out. Like, I can't keep it in yeah. a bun to save my life. Yeah. So I was, like, experimenting with hairstyles. French braids are dope. I love French braids. I think I look fire do you have it. somebody that can do that my girlfriend yeah so she can double wow. french braid it but the problem is is that her willingness to do that at like 8 a.m on a work day before i go to the gym is like zero yeah so right. no chance of getting that done so i had to i had to i had to engineer something that i could do myself and just one day i just like put it up and like i was vlogging oh, and i like looked back and i was like that actually looks kind of sick and it was like <laughs> so effective because it like stayed nice. in super tight so I did this comparison to me and Daisy Ridley and then like everyone just started telling me I had the best hair across it. I don't know. It's not what I'm saying. It's just what whoa, people whoa, are whoa. saying to me. I didn't see that, man. So, I gotta go check that out. Yeah, exactly. I look fire, but Lucky yeah, man. man. Here's, here's a statement piece. Not enough guys take advantage of being able to really statement their hair, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm, I'm kind of going for here. We'll see. If it doesn't work out, we'll gotta find something else. How practical are the dreadlocks in fitness though? Are they gonna like hit you in the face and stuff? Aren't they like kind of yeah, like ropes? I don't know. I mean, James seems to have his pretty well under control. He just kind of like pulls him back into basically what you and I have going on right now. Yeah. Um, let's see, I'm pulling up a James video right now. So yeah, it looks like he has him kind of bunned uh -huh. or kind of in a straight pony or you just let him just let him fly like that. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, He's a he is a good looking man. I like James a lot. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. If I can look half as good as Jimmy, then let's do it. <laughs> You're a good looking guy. Who's your CrossFit hair? Is he your CrossFit hair inspo or is he just like general hair inspo? I mean, at this point, yes. Um, prior to wanting to do dreadlocks, I don't know who it would have been. Man, you know, has great hair, actually, Rasmus. Really? I, feel like I thought his hair was old. short. 
Yeah, but it's just like it's good hair and it's always styled really well. We were hanging yeah. out at the Rogue Invitational last year and I was like, man, you got good hair, my brother. You did a good job of the grow out phase. The grow out phase is like the worst for guys because like you're not really yeah. going to do a whole lot stylistically with it. Like you're not going to straighten right. it. You're not going to put it in bobby pins and all that. So like the phase between this and like short hair is just like this, like I have to wear a hat every single day. Like I don't yeah. know what to do with myself. Yeah, I last year's games, it was like long enough that I could still kind of sweep it across, but mm -hmm. then I would wear the headband to kind of hold it in place. And uh, after that, I think is when I started putting it up in like a similar, just like messy toss up way like this. And then mm -hmm. I would twist it into the bun. And I, I don't know, at this point, I'm a little bit over the whole bun look. So I'm ready mm -hmm. to either go for the dreads or cut it off. Yeah, I hear it, man. That's why I want the top knot. I want the top knot. Or did you ever watch The Hills, the show? Yeah. You know Justin Bobby? Yeah, but I don't remember what he looked like at all. I'll Google he it. was like this like grunge motorcycle riding, like whatever, Hollywood type. But he had this hair. It's like he is my hair inspo. He's like, he looks like what I like. It That like relaxed, but like slightly greasy, but like curly like back of a motorcycle, like yeah. every, every bad boy's dream. That's what this guy Got looks it. like. Except I'm yeah, like, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't have that texture of hair at all. Like I, my hair is just like dead straight. Yeah. And so that wouldn't really work for me. It would just look real weird. Um, yeah. So mine's super curly, but the problem is, is I like, it's really thick. So like it curls like that naturally, but in order for me to have it look okay down, cause if you look at it now, it's like literally like it's just 12 inches thick. Like it just, there's, I mean, you don't look unlike that guy. Hey, <laughs> I'll take that. On, I'll take man. that, man. I'll take that. I need to get a couple tattoos. I like can't, I want a tattoo so bad, but I can't commit to it ever free and i were supposed to go we had this girl in halifax who does stick and poke you know what that is yeah my sister has a handful of those yeah so she does stick and poke which is like so cool and it's like the most like pg way ever to get a tattoo because like it doesn't really yeah. hurt it's always small it's just a line and we were going to get matching tattoos but the problem was we were on the east coast and we were like oh to like commemorate our like journey of living on the east coast or whatever we were going to get the wave <laughs> But then, like, the more I looked at it, the more I'm, like, every single white girl on planet Earth has the wave right here or, so like, right waves. here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many waves. And yeah. so I'm, like, ah, I get there and I check it out and I didn't do it. And Rihanna and I didn't feel a little bad. But I can't commit to a tattoo, bro. I don't know. Joanne and I have uh, a small little matching set. I've got the X and she's got the O. Nice. I felt, yeah, I felt like it was subtle enough that, like, there's some meaning to it. You know, it's a pair mm -hmm. and they, they work well together. But then they also work well apart you know it's just an ex doesn't it's not her name or anything like yeah dude if i had to pick like a complete style icon harry styles he's like probably the single biggest figure that i'm just like obsessed with the way he looks yeah. his tattoos huh. the hair i'm not everything. super familiar with him i'll have to one direction a little bit harry styles i mean i I know exactly who okay, he is. Okay. I just don't know like what his tattoos <laughs> like bro yeah, yeah he just I know, he I know hair bear he, he has that style that thing's kind of common you know you see like jay alvarez and people like that with just the random tattoos like just tattoos like on their arm but they're just super random stuff but it, yeah. that's almost like a style now you know what i mean for sure i've always liked that you know who was doing that a little bit in crossfit con porter i feel like had a lot of I, small little tattoos that all fit together and work well i kind of feel like you have to be able to get a tan to look good with that though 
That's my problem is I can't tan, man. I like, at least not now. I used to be able to back in the day when I was like playing rugby and stuff and I was outside all day. But now it's like, I just, I don't think it looks super great on really fair skin. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. We've got similar skin tones, you and I. I'm a little bit redder than you. Yeah. Well, are you ginger? Like, would you say you're like a ginger? uh, I don't know. I mean, is that more blonde or orange? I definitely think blonde, but yeah. I know Pat yeah, calls himself a middle. ginger. I don't really think Pat's a ginger either. I think Pat's like a little more blonde. Yeah, he's got like the strawberry blonde look going. But I gave him my beard. My beard yeah, gets red. Thanks, man. That thing. Appreciate it. This is all. I, this is all I can do. I hit. Uh, I hit puberty like eight months ago. Like I'm not lying. So I had never. Thank you. I had never been able to grow a beard. I only ever had hair on the circumference of my nipples never on the chest (laughs) and i weighed 175 since i was like in grade seven like i don't know like for forever what are we looking at now 190 190 big beard you you got it man dude out out of nowhere like i'm serious when i say the puberty thing because i'm like there's nothing else that makes sense like i did yeah i did rp strength for like eight months on a gainer template like full bore like everything yeah. making myself sick six thousand calories a day i gained uh, zero pounds this was like three years wow. ago yeah so like nothing was working and then literally just like out of nowhere during around the start of quarantine i guess maybe it's like i wasn't traveling so sleeping stuff was a little bit better that's like some mm-hmm. what some people have said and i'm like no because like this filled in i started getting hairs and i mean believe me i don't have a chest flow at all yeah. it's like i still straggly yeah, but it's like little bits and bobs popping up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. And I gained 15 pounds, like literally overnight. Like it was over the wow. course of maybe two or three months. Like I wasn't yeah. really doing anything different and I've kept it on. So I'm nice. just like all of a sudden I turned into a man. Like like Simba turning into or, Mufasa. Adam man, I should say. Adam yeah. man, exactly. Adam man. Yeah. What do you weigh? It's exciting. Uh, 190 as well. Yeah, yeah. I... I think I'm a little bit heavier now than, or I know I'm a little bit heavier now than during stage one of the games. We had to weigh in for the front squat as like a tiebreaker. Right. And I was 185 on the dot then. And mm. I just stepped on a scale the other day and I was 190. Um, but I'm, I've always been somewhere in that range. I think 185 is like lighter version of where my body would sit if I wasn't eating a lot and kind of just regular exercising. And I've gotten up to 200 pounds that was like two years ago that I was experimenting with mm-hmm. if I get myself heavier, am I going to get much stronger? And it wasn't much stronger. It was a little bit stronger and it wasn't worth the sacrifice. So kind of fell back into that middle range. I found the hip hinge movements I've gotten stronger at. Like mm-hmm. deadlifting, I feel stronger at like, yeah. especially like the kind of moderate to heavyweights. Like I used to never be able to do 315 for reps. Like couldn't do it. Like it would just be... Yeah. Now your frame can just handle that. Exactly. Like I did a workout the other day. It was like, it was only like a 12, nine, six, three or something, but it all sets unbroken. And it was like a pretty short oh, workout. And like, so it's, I think those, but like squats, I still, I still squat like a hundred pounds. Like it's, huh. it, it hasn't changed anything, but <laughs> did you find gaining weight? How you said not much, but did you notice much? Like what kind of effect did you notice getting heavier? I, I think that I remember in, that period of time, my lifts were like, not significantly, they were slightly heavier in terms of Mm -hmm. my PRs and what I was able to consistently manage. But I think that it came at the expense of gymnastics, not being as smooth, running, just kind of feeling a little bit 
little bit harder, but that makes a difference when you're doing it so often. Um, mm -hmm. It just wasn't worth it. Yeah, I hear that. You're one. Feel good. And Joanne at one point said that I looked, I think, I don't remember if puffy was her word or. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, don't describe me as that. You look infected. You're a little swole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You look disgusting, is basically what she was saying. Dude, you're 185, though. You look so much more 185 than I look 190. I like a long shot. I don't get it. Like, why? Why do you look like a plump chicken with muscles and I'm just like still lean? I don't well, get it. How tall are you? That yeah, plays tall. A role. That's true. I'm five, seven mm -hmm. with more in my Oli shoes. So that's like <laughs> compressing that weight into yeah. a smaller little frame. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah. This back. I'm flirting so with like six foot. Under. Do you think there's yeah. an optimal weight? Boy. Do you think there's an optimal weight? Do you have to be 190 or do you have to be under 200 pounds? Like, do you think there's a... Um, I don't know. Matt and I, Fraser, went butt to butt at the games and we're almost exactly the same height, like okay. five six, borderline five seven. I had him by like a tenth of an inch. By a man uh, bun. Yeah, no, we didn't count it. That would have given <laughs> me a, a clear one foot advantage. But um what? Oh yeah. Jojo says that. Hi, Joe. Uh, I, lost, I had this tucked away. Dude, your house looks amazing, there. by the way. Thank you. You were there. You're, you were here when we had not redone the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. When the so, kitchen was still under construction, dude, it looks so cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. We're pretty happy, happy for you guys. Now. Yeah. It looks super. It wasn't like when you had, cause obviously you had all of the plastic up when you were doing the kitchen. So the, if the space looked smaller, Joanne, sorry, is asking okay. me if this is a podcast. I don't know if it's considered a podcast or a YouTube like interview, essentially. Yeah, man, I don't know what to call it. It's weird. Like, I just talk to. I like having conversations, so I just talk, yeah. and then like I well, upload it to the channel because like people sometimes like I put long stuff. Yeah, and then I, I'm I put it on an audio thing too because some people would prefer to just listen. So that's kind of both. I don't know. Yeah, it's free, podcast, it's free flowing video. Yeah, yeah, just a convo. A convo. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, my dear. Yeah, it looks super. It looks super open though. Like compared yeah. to when you had the plastic in, like the space looks so much bigger. For sure. Yep. Did you have it yeah, done before lockdown? It was all done before lockdown. Oh right? yeah, yeah. That, so that was didn't done slow you. A while ago. Like, yeah. How long have we had it done? Yeah. A year. It's been. Dude, lockdown was like almost a year ago now. At this point, starting isn't that, that is crazy? It's wild. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? March. So. Yeah. Uh, and it almost, we're not even sure if it's quite over yet. Who knows? Bro, bro, talk to me about Did Florida. You, yeah, I, it's interesting. I've gotten that from a handful of people like, Florida's crazy, huh? They're and just like stadium tours. Good to go. Like, that's what I'm hearing. I don't know. We are, like, we are in our home. You know, we haven't yeah. gone out. We're not going to concerts in stadiums. So I don't know what that's <laughs> like. But we had friends, or even my mom was like, be careful down there. Everybody's being so irresponsible and it's spreading so fast. And I was like, I don't even know. We're just in our little bubble yeah. in our house. We've been responsible. So it's not like we're down at the beach hanging out with those hundreds of people that were doing that. So um, as crazy as it may be down here, we are in our home and maybe going to the gym around the corner and it's not that crazy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been an interesting world for everybody i'm sure i had my first travel experience like two months ago going up to atlanta for stage one of the crossfit games and that just felt so weird like 
yeah. being in the airport with the masks and being close to people. I was just like, uh, but it's honestly wild how quickly I felt desensitized to it because I did that first trip felt super weird. And then about a month later went back up again for uh, mm-hmm. age two prep camp. Mm-hmm. And it just felt normal, you know, like right. walking around the airport, it didn't feel super awkward. I, I just had loosened up so much cause I'd experienced it already. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the planes themselves too, people are always so concerned about the planes, but I've heard mixed things. I've heard like the air filtration system actually makes it like safer huh. than like other confined areas. Cause they're always filtering the air. It's going through like a yeah, constant process. By that. So, but I mean, you also hear stories all the time of planes landing, at least we have here and then getting a call like a week later being like, Hey, the whole plane probably has COVID cause like three people had it and now 12 yes. people have it. Yeah. I'm like, can you imagine huh. that would suck? Yeah, yeah, we haven't experienced that yet, knock on wood. So it's it's a tough bridge to cross, man. It's just it I think the the part that I've had the hardest time with is just like you nobody knows anything for certain. And so like all the advice and all the guidelines you hear are somewhat flippy floppy. Like you know what I mean? Like you'll you'll hear something, you'll be like, Okay, I'm not gonna do that. But then you'll see yeah. someone else in the same position as you go do it and be completely fine, and then you're like, Oh, maybe that is okay. And you know what I mean? Like the travel is a great example. Like I haven't traveled since like yeah last year 2019 and the thought of getting on a plane right now i'm like legally i can legally there's nothing stopping me and as canadians we can pretty much go anywhere we have to quarantine for two weeks when we come back um but we can pretty much go anywhere but it's still it's like (laughs) yeah we we dealt with that a lot not quite at the beginning but toward like the middle to end i know there there hasn't really been an end so (laughs) But a few months into quarantining and being just as scared and safe as most of the rest of the world, mm-hmm. there were times when our friends, Guido in Virginia, the uh, guy that owns Peak, and I think you met him when you were down, mm-hmm. invited us over. Hey, do you guys want to come hang out out back by the pool? And we were like, oh, like we really want to see you guys, but is that being irresponsible? Right should we go and do that? And when we did, we'd be super far apart. And then again, the desensitization thing happens. We went the first time and we like talked to them from across the yard. Yeah. And then the next time we were like, I guess we can get a little closer. And then the next time we were like holding their babies and yeah, yes, yeah. it was all back to whatever normal is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all within comfort zones, right? It's what you're comfortable with. Like you, yeah. we have a responsibility to the greater public. Sure. But it's also, you know, a lot of the stuff, if you're operating within your own home or the home of someone that you're close with and it's a small enough group and whatever, like that just comes down to like risk assessment. And then like, if if you guys are okay with it, then it's okay. Like we live underneath our landlords. Like we split a house with the people who own the house, which are upstairs. And we are all playing board games and all that kind of stuff. And it's the four of us. And like, basically we live in the same house, even though right now in BC, theoretically for the next like week and a half, we're not supposed to have any multi household stuff. Like you're not supposed to go into someone else's house no matter what, Hmm. but it's like, it's the same house. Yeah. And you've been seeing each other and yeah, the whole time. There's no way we're not gonna, like we live in the same house. Our dogs play in the backyard together. Like, (laughs) you know I mean? There's no, there's no way around it. So do you, do you think people are getting like, what's that word that people are using? Like tired of it, like just over it. And absolutely. And I think that's one thing that has been evident in Miami, especially. I think once people make the decision mentally that they're like, I'm sick of this Mm -hmm. and I've been fine this whole time. I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. People just kind of go back to their own normal. And uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, yeah, 
I don't know. I get it for sure. Yeah. Like I'm sick of wearing a mask everywhere, but I also have like the, the angel and the devil on the shoulder. Right. And, yeah. and I, I want to be responsible. And um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't, when is it ever going to end? Is it the vaccine? Right. And that's yeah. when we can finally say it's safe to go back to, I just said to join the other day, I was like, do you think that we're going to have to wear masks for the rest of our lives everywhere? Like, is that mm-hmm. just the way that culture is going to change? And, I hope that's not the case. I don't yeah. want to get completely used to that, but who the heck knows? Well, I think, I think culturally it's going to be adopted by a lot of people. Like if you look at like J- Japan and, you know, different yeah. places around Asia, like this is something that's been there forever. And that's why here yeah. in Vancouver, we have this one area. So Vancouver is kind of divided up like most cities. You have the downtown hub and then you have the surrounding areas of Vancouver that are still parts of their own. And there's this one area, Richmond, which is predominantly like Asian Canadian population. Mm -hmm. And out of all of the sectors of Vancouver, they've had the lowest COVID cases by like 90% because they were all wearing masks before COVID. You know what I mean? So it was like the the respect for all that is like 10 times higher. And yeah, I don't know, man. I thought about that too. I'm like, you know, even if we have a vaccine come out and cause realistically it's probably going to be sick, the old and the frontline workers that get it first. And then there'll probably yeah. be a pretty long stage before you and I get it because they don't really care if we get sick. They're worried about us infecting the sick and the old. So it's like, will we still be wearing the mask for like a year plus traveling? And like, yeah, I don't know. Personally, I don't really mind the mask that much. It's more just for me. It's like when it starts to encroach on my daily movings which are so minimal like i'm not a party or i'm not out doing these big events whatever i could care less it's going to the gym it's being able to see family and a couple small friends you know like those things like when when it's starting to push in especially now where we are knowing what we know about the virus and everything it's like you know gyms is one that just blows my mind i did like a whole diatribe earlier this week in a vlog about it because we had this like provincial ordinance that shut down group-based fitness classes luckily left yeah left a loophole luckily for individuals so you can go to open gym gyms have been able to stay open for that but they had to shut down the membership which like obviously or shut down their classes which kills the membership for a lot of gyms right and it's like these are the people you're worried about like what are you freaking out about with the gym stuff like if one gym has an outbreak okay they shut down for two weeks everyone quarantines that's fine but why are you forcing these other gyms but like these are a vessel for people to prevent be healthy and yeah prevent the symptoms or the like the harsh symptoms of covid it's one of the best ways you can do it probably that and like taking vitamin d like for sure where do you sit with that whole thing are you like yeah i i don't know i would say that i'm relatively neutral on all that stuff luckily i don't have to make those decisions so it's not as impactful on me and i haven't had to dig into them on the contrary guido who owns peak went through that process at the beginning and he very firmly believe that hey we need the gyms to be open in order to help keep people healthy like yes. and he almost got to the point it, this is kind of blending topics now max hey sorry max is don't talk into boys over scratching <laughs> um but yeah so guido was of the belief that gyms needed to be open and then also was kind of sick of the shutdown and so mm-hmm. kind of almost made his own decision that like, Hey, you guys have us on uh, on lockdown, but we're just going to open up. And if somebody wants to come and like talk to us about it, then right. Have at it. Um, and, and he actually ended up getting on a board down here in Miami that was able to talk to the mayor and, and things are back 
open. Obviously, they've got the 10 by 10 boxes and people wear masks on the way in and all that mm. stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that's It's the same thing as I was talking about before, you know, the, the angel and the devil and playing that middle ground where I want to go into the gym. I want to interact with people. But I also want to be responsible. So can you play the middle ground where, yeah, you do go to the gym. You're just not giving as many high fives and sweaty hugs and kind of staying separated from people. I think there is a a way to go about it that is that middle ground that keeps everybody safe, still allows you to live a semi-normal life for now. But I hope that at some point we don't have to do that. I miss the freedom of human interaction. I miss getting to the gym and giving everybody a hug. And Miami is a big like kiss on the cheek thing. And I, I just miss the freedom to be able to live that way. Totally. Um, so I just yeah. hope that at some point we can get back to it. Yeah, totally. And it will. I mean, like we, we have that news from Pfizer. Like I think as soon as vaccinations yeah. come, if and when they come, I think that will be a big inflection point. Like that will be like the instant return to normal in a lot of ways for a lot of people. I think without that, there'll be limitations. Like I think of even like events, like, you know, the potential mm. for like sanctioned events or whatever yeah. they're going to be called this year. Like, that's huge for us. Like, yeah. that's very impactful in our lives. Exactly. And, like, testing at the door isn't going to do it. Like, I know some events have been doing that. There's no way you're going to be able to fill a, a stadium or a Wadapalooza venue with a 1,000 people with tests at the door. There's no way. It's not going to work. Yeah. Like, the, you, yeah. you can't do that. The only way that's going to happen is if there's a vaccine for that to be allowed. Um, yeah. Or at least for enough people to feel comfortable to, like, travel in to do it, whatever. And so, I mean, yeah, we'll have to see see what happens there, but I'm, I'm in total agreement of just like, you know, a lot of people, especially up here, looked at Florida and places like that in Arizona when you guys just completely open for the most part. Yeah. And we're like, well, they're crazy, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's starting to make more sense, man. And the amount of people that are starting to come around to the idea of just letting people have choice. It's like, like, this isn't what they thought it was at the beginning. We know that it's not the bubonic plague. Like I don't want to get it. Most people don't want to get it, but it doesn't right. mean, you know, it's, it's not as crazy as they thought it was going to be. We have a responsibility to protect the sick and the old. I agree with that, but you should be able to make choices. Like, you know, you should be able to be responsible for yourself, knowing if you're high risk or you're old or you're sick, and then in which case you stay more protected. And if you're young and you're healthy and you want to go hang out with a couple of your friends, like don't go for a house party, but go play Scrabble. Like, you know, like make responsible choices, but make choices. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's interesting because it kind of comes in waves, at least for me, from my perspective, where it almost seems like it's fading into the background, just COVID in general and life is getting back to normal and you start to forget about it. And then two days later you hear on the news, like highest cases ever. And and you hear about this what happened to us. It had been weeks since we'd really heard anything COVID related and we were starting to feel pretty good about it. And then we got a, a touch of it really close to home. Like a friend's uncle got it and died. And we were like, Oh right. man, still very real. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but we'll get it through is. it. I it is, it. man. I thought it was supposed to end November 3rd. I thought COVID was supposed to be done. What happened? That's, that's what Donnie said, but I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> we're on to the next one. We'll see what this guy brings us. Yeah. I was about to say, you want to talk about some craziness, man. That is some craziness. I've been watching that like, a, like a, like a sports fan. Like it's, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of wild that it came down to that. Like, it's unfortunate that the presidential race is, like, entertaining because I yeah. don't think it's supposed to be that. I think it's supposed to be professional and impactful, and yep. rather than that, it's almost like a... It's a show. 
It's yeah, a show. For sure. yeah. Dude, it's funny. I said this to my girlfriend's parents after Biden was announced president-elect last weekend. I just listened to his concession speech. Is that what concession speech? I don't know. Where he like accepted the, accepted the, the elector, addressed it. And listening to him talk for that like 10 or 15 minutes, it sounds weird. But my perception of America as a Canadian literally did a 180 in one speech. Wow. So That's like the, the thought process for the last... I don't want to say four years, but for the last while, especially since COVID, especially is like kind of crazy down there. Don't know if I want to go like, it, you know, all these things, the, the, the rhetoric of the commander in chief. And then also Absolutely. like the address of COVID and then obviously everything that happened in like June and like police brutality, yeah. all that, like there's just so many things. And I was like, yeah. they need to get this under control. And I don't feel like they're going to with this dude. And then all of a sudden it was just like this one speech. And I'm like, oh. yeah. And like it, the rhetoric of a leader can influence outside perception of the people. So hearing him talk sounded much more calm, much more level-headed, much more understanding, much more loving, much more caring, much more like what we in Canada and other countries around the world really care about, just like you in the States, obviously. But Absolutely, like, yeah. you know, the, the perception looking in is if you see that poster, you then can sympathize with, hey, this is what the majority of the population is and wants and cares about, which is the yeah. truth. It's crazy that it almost, it was barely the majority, right? Like obviously yeah. he won, but mm -hmm. it's, it's wild to think that it wasn't a unanimous across the board. Like doesn't everybody want all of the things that you just said? Apparently mm -hmm. not, because not everybody voted that way. Um, mm -hmm. And I understand that there are reasons that people are certain parties versus another, and that's why mm -hmm. they voted for one guy versus another but i don't know for us in our home that is exactly what we were looking for and hoping for is somebody that would bring a hopefulness regarding health and love and kindness and just like general i i just wanted to have our country led by a good person and yeah for me, I don't want to get political and like yeah. stir anything up on here, but it didn't feel like we were being led by a good person. For, yeah. To keep it simple. But. Totally. I agree with that, man. And I think, you know, I think to, to go back to the majority thing, it's like, I do think the majority of Americans, even bigger than the percent that voted for Biden, want a lot of those things that he's talking about. It's just, you're right. Like people fall into the traps now of grouping massive quantities of people under one umbrella. So all Republicans who voted for Trump are racist. It's like, no, you're not insane if you think yeah. that. That's not even close to true. Like, you got to think about all the people who vote Republican for the myriad reasons. And, like, you can listen to Republican senators. and Like, there are a lot of really good people on both sides. And, you know, there are just people who believe maybe his economic plan or his, his action. Or they live somewhere like Texas where it's just what they've always done is vote for a Republican and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, but I think the, the idea of the unity Aside from the extreme kind of like, I don't know, rhetoric and like big, you know, flags on the back of the trucks, aside from that side of, you know, the, the, the Trump, everything I think for the most part is going to feel a bit more unified, hopefully under the administration, because it just, how can you not when he's just calm and normal? Like he doesn't seem like he's going to be super extreme. He's talked about being yeah. a centrist. Most of the people I listen to talk about Biden, talk about him as more of a centrist, even more so than Kamala. Kamala, they say, is a bit more left. So like, you know, yeah. the fact that he's a bit more centrist, the chances of uniting is, is hopefully better.
you know? I agree. I think if you look at it in, in a simple way, if Trump had won, his supporters would obviously have been happy. And then everybody else, I think for another four years would have felt very marginalized, very yeah. unhappy, very um, like almost potentially scared of the other yeah. side. But the way that it panned out with Biden winning, obviously his supporters are happy and feel great about it. But I mm -hmm. feel like the Trump supporters are not going to feel as, it's not going to be as hard for them to come around to being okay with the, the Biden four years than it would right. have been for Biden's people to come around for a Trump four years. Yeah. That's just kind of my take. I hope that everybody is able to unify, like you said. Um, yeah, like I think, I think there's more people on the right that can get behind Trump than there are people on the left who can get behind, or sorry, the more people on the right that can get behind Biden versus, you know what I mean? Yep. And yep, yep. I mean, a lot of it goes down to just like the two-party system. Man. The two-party system mm -hmm. is crazy. And if How anything- does it work up in Canada? I'm actually not sure. Yeah, so we have a multi-party system. Yes, I'm a king so, and a queen. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, so we have a multi-party system and basically you win a majority out of three or four main parties, um, but your majority doesn't have, it, it's usually not like a 50% plus. So getting a 50% majority to win as like the prime minister is like almost unheard of. Like usually you have like a 30%, 33% is kind of the, the number because we have like four or five parties, which is like, right. you think about it and you're like, okay, well, that's not good because only 33% of the popular right. vote went to this person. But the nice thing is, is that because our party system is so spread out and we have really like four or five main parties, like parties that could win, you know, like yeah. in the States, you have a bunch of other parties, but there's no chance. Kanye West does yeah, not win in this election. It's a waste of votes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not happening. You have a two-party system. Our multi-party system allows for, you know, a centrist, centrist then a centrist left, then a centrist right, then a slightly more left, then a slightly more right. Yeah, yeah. But what it does is it doesn't allow for polarization because if you have polarization in a multi-party system, if you have a way right like the Trump Republicans, and if you have a way left like maybe Bernie Sanders, I don't know, I don't really know. Yeah. He's super far left, but people tend to say he is. You won't succeed because most everyone in all countries are more centrist in their values. There's not a lot of people who are really so. far to either one way. Yeah. So your vote is always going to go for the person that's kind of, you know, agreeing with, with the most amount of things and kind of having the most, like l the least radical points of view. So you can't have radicalness because there's three other very valid party choices that are in the middle. Yeah. So like, for example, we just had a provincial election here in British Columbia, which is a province I live in. And our ballot had three parties on it. There was the NDP, the liberal and the green party. The green party is like super far left the NDP is like center left and then the liberal party here is center right. Hmm, but it's, which is interesting, right? Cause they're called the liberal party, but they're right. actually center right here. Terminology. Yeah. But in Ontario, the, which is where I'm originally from the capital province, of Canada, the party system is left is liberal and right is conservative party. Hmm. So there's a conservative party. So liberal in one part of the country is center left, but in another part of the country is center right. And That's that just, that would get confusing. It does sort of, but it just shows how centrist they are. Because ours is a little different, right? So we have provincial yeah. elections that aren't tied at all to our federal elections. So when you guys elect like your house and your Senate and all that, you're also electing a president at the same time. Yep. Whereas we don't. It's like completely separate. Like we had a, a, 
a provincial election that just elects local MPs, so members of parliament from around our province, doesn't affect any other provinces or the country at whole, it's just us. Um, so it's a completely separate election, but it just shows that like the parties are so centrist that one party can be right on one part of the country and left on another part of the country just because its values are yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, you guys seem to be doing pretty well up there. So yeah, it's okay, working. man. Dude, the, the, <laughs> the biggest thing I've appreciated during all this is just the support. Like I, I'm definitely a bit From more Canada as a, as a, as a governing body. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm a bit more center, right. I'm a bit more on, you know, the side of like, a little less government intervention, a little more freedom, a little less socialist, whatever. But I'm 100% for universal healthcare. I'm 100% for universal basic income. I'm 100% yeah. for all of these things. Um, and, you know, it showed through COVID, like even like simple things, like the moment really lockdowns hit, like April 16th, I think was when our CR, CERB program was rolled out, which is a $2,000 monthly income for 24 weeks so what have six six months basically of two thousand dollars a month if you've been impacted by COVID nineteen at all. So if you lost your job, if you can't go to work, if you're not getting money, two thousand dollars a month no matter what. Which yeah. is like amazing. And that wasn't just a one time stimulus check. That was every single month. And then as soon as that ended, which was in September, they started another program called the C R B, which is nine hundred dollars every two weeks for twenty four weeks. It's just yeah. like a balling. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, <laughs> take care of, like taking care of your people is, is very, very important. Yeah. The you support know? is cool. I know there were a lot of people here that felt very unsupported through it all. And obviously yeah. we had greater issues that were kind of happening at the same time. And yeah. that just polarized it even more. But yeah. Anyway, man, just to end on a note of hope in that regard, I, I feel good about the direction that we're headed. And I really mm -hmm. hope that and unify us a little bit more. The divisiveness has, just like it's unsettling and yeah. uh, I think it'll be better for everybody if people can just be nice, man. It's yeah. Easy. It's great. Sure. Dude. I think, I think we're going to return, you know, getting away from the political side and how it's going to spin off to regular life. I think it's going to lead to a less heated social climate in a lot of ways. I think the reason for so much polarization has been because there's been such extremes from the top down. It's a trickle down effect, you know, and the reason why there's been so many, just like crazy so much craziness going on in our everyday lives and what we're seeing on social media and all this kind of stuff is a lot of the time a trickle down effect and i think yeah. having a bit more of a calm state of mind at the top is going to trickle down to the rest of us fingers crossed do you feel do you feel when you got a platform like when you gained a following you did all this that came along with being a crossfit games athlete have you ever felt the feeling of like you didn't ask for this because you're held to a higher standard than a lot of people by happenstance. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, not, not in particular, not regarding everyday life. Uh, I would say that I view that more as a privilege and, and something that inspires me to live as a better version of myself so that I mm -hmm. can present that to people and hopefully inspire them to live better lives themselves. Um, the the one thing that comes to mind when you mention that is potentially performance, you know, for me, uh, the pressure of wanting to be the best and maintain, like I've, I've gained this following. Now I have to earn maintaining it. I, I'd like, uh -huh. it's an unjustified thought, but like if I didn't make the games, right. It, it felt like my following would get washed away. They were yeah, just a band. I know I feel. Obviously yep. now I know that that's not true. Cause they're, yep. 
I have people that are so supportive no matter what. Yeah. But there definitely is that like little voice in the back of your mind, the devil on your shoulder. That's yeah. like, listen, dude, if you don't show up for these people, then you're going to let them down. And it's like, Oh man, that's, I don't want to do that. So yeah, that's, that's where there's a little bit of pressure from me. But other than that, I think it's really cool because the more that I hear from people like things like you've inspired me to try to be a little bit more positive and to, to shift my perspective, like that stuff is really cool. And that, is almost like a snowball effect in a positive way. Cause hearing that makes me want to do that more. And so I do that more and then I'll hear it more and just like builds. Do you think it causes you anxiety? Do you think it's led to like growing anxieties that the, the amount of eyes that are on you throughout all of this stuff you're going through? I don't think so. Not at all. At the, I'm, I'm pretty easy going. I knock on wood. I've never really suffered from general anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that performance anxiety is maybe something that I've suffered from and I don't want to classify it as such. I don't know that if I spoke to a psychologist, they would say that. I think everybody that's competing at a high level has some bit of anxiety before a competition. And for me, all it looks like is like a couple days before the competition, even if I'm incredibly confident in my preparation, the health of my body and and what I'm capable of there still is that, that doubt that creeps in. And I mm-hmm. do have that thought of like, you, I, I put the pressure on myself, but like you've performed really well. You know, I, I did well last year. I made the podium and gave Matt a run for his money. So now this year people want to see me do that again. And I think there's an expectation that I'll be the one to do it. And so I start to like those voices just get a little bit louder as I'm laying in bed the nights before competing. Mm-hmm. And then once the ball gets rolling, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But if there's any sort of anxiety, that's where it is very specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to like, even as an athlete, like back in the day before social media, like you would have the odd news article or the odd whatever come out about you. That's really easy to ignore, but it's like, it's hard to ignore all those voices now with social media. And like, we were not born, like we're still operating. It's like social dilemma stuff. Like we're still operating with prefrontal cortexes that are not <laughs> meant to handle this like a bombardment of opinions and thoughts and yeah. attention yeah. that's coming at us 24 seven. And like, you know, I, I personally don't feel like the negative stuff really affects me, but it's, it's just the thought process of that many people being able to have opinions and have them heard. Oh, yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's no longer just someone standing on the corner of the street screaming with a sign. It's like they have a Twitter account that's going to get a lot of retweets because they're polarizing. Yeah. I think that that was a, a learning and growing process for me, how to handle that mm-hmm. because I am able to process and look at those comments in a different way now than I was at the very beginning. At the very beginning, those would rock my world. You know, I would... Mm-hmm read through a hundred comments that were positive and then there was one negative one and then that would just sit with me for the rest of the day. And now I've been able to shift my perspective and kind of laugh at the one negative thing or if it's justified, maybe consider it a little bit, but for the most part, let the positivity overshadow the one or two goofballs that are having a bad day that decides to try to bring me down. And I think I've been lucky enough that, and, and I don't know if it's the way I live my life or, or whatever it may be, I've gotten to a point where a majority of the feedback that I'm getting is very positive. So that's a lot easier to deal with than 
if it were being bombarded by a whole bunch of bad stuff. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think, you know, I think in a lot of ways too, just the, the amount of, you know, the input that's coming in is even if you have 99% of the people who know who you are, love you and think you're just awesome and believe in you and you motivate them or whatever, 1% of people not liking you for you is like what, six to 7,000 people. Like that's a lot of people. Like that's a lot of people and it's a lot of voices, but it's 1%. It's not a big percentage. So in your brain, you should be able to be like, wow, I'm impacting basically everyone's life. Like beyond an order of magnitude, larger the amount of people that I impact positively than the amount of people that have something negative to say. But it's hard to ignore six to 7,000 voices. And especially when you're first starting, I totally hear that, man. Like when you're, it, it feels, it's like, dude, it's the problem with cancel culture. Like there are one or two people who deserve to be canceled, maybe a little more, who do something horrible, <laughs> but like they go to jail and they get canceled by going to jail. And those are the really bad yeah. things. But this like idea of just like piling on to negative t- negativity and like that swarm, like mob mentality on social, right. it can feel so overwhelming for people if you're getting attacked from all those angles and like, oh, put your phone down it doesn't work that way. Like we're programmed to pick that thing back up and hit refresh and look through the, you know what I mean? Like it, it feels like more than just this like piece of glass that is screaming at us. Well, and because everybody else is on it, even if you do put it down for a moment, the next time you go somewhere, somebody's going to say, dude, I can't believe so-and-so said this. And even if you hadn't seen it from your phone, you're hearing it from them. So it's like, you can't avoid it at this point. You just have to find the best ways to deal with it. That's dude, the amount of people that are like, oh, I'm going to do a detox from my phone or I'm not going to, I'm never going to, I'm going to get a light phone, all these, all this stuff, like great. But like in 20 years, we're probably going to have chips in our head from Elon that are like putting this stuff in front of us 24 seven. And if you don't have that chip, you're not a cyborg and you're basically a useless human. You won't be able to get a job. So like we have to learn how to interact with this stuff. Like it's just, is that black mirror or something like that? Yeah. Right. Dude, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like if we, it's, Unfortunately, technology, not unfortunately, technology has done so many amazing things. It's part of our evolution. It is. It's a crazy part of our evolution. That's nothing like we've ever faced before, but it's part of our evolution and we have to learn and we will learn and we will evolve to deal with it. But this idea of just like, put it down and it'll go away. Like, unless you're just a lumberjack chopping, chopping trees down in the woods, like most people need that little supercomputer to, to help them maximize their lives. And there's so much good it does. Like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the internet. You know what I mean? There's no chance. Like all I do is put stuff on the internet that people can watch. We're on it right now. If anybody's watching this, it's because of the internet. Exactly. I hope someone's watching it. If someone isn't watching it, I don't have a job anymore. So we're both both in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah, It's just a crazy, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing to think about, man. Like when you stop, I'm fascinated in it because it's obviously just, it's just been starting. Like it's just, you know, over the last year, like the little bit of growth and the little bit of like whatever people, people I don't know saying things to you. It's just strange, man. Even the nice stuff, right? Like even the nice stuff, it's so weird when you start. You you don't even, you don't even know me. Why do you think that? Why do you feel that way? You're a little avatar on a screen. Like, what is this? Like, is this a computer? Is this just like, (laughs) what, what is this? That's true. I guess you never know whether or not something is actually real. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's why I like, like, I like trying to get in touch with people and like put a face if, if possible, you know, in some, some of the circumstances, because like, it's just, it's hard to, it's numbers on a screen, dude. It's numbers on a screen. And it's like, it's hard to put faces and people to like, what's going on behind this. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I was actually just thinking about the fact that we're able to see each other. And as I'm speaking, I can look at the image of you. It just makes the conversation a lot more natural than if that wasn't there. And I was just talking to my wall, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, that's one of the benefits of technology. There are many, but Big time. I'm a random FaceTime kind of guy. I'm a random FaceTime. I don't like yeah. texting. I don't like calling. I FaceTime people out of the blue. If I have something I want to say, I just FaceTime people randomly. Don't tell them it's coming. Just do yeah, it. I yeah, love yeah. it. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. It's my best. It, you get <laughs> like it. You get too. You lose so many points of communication if you're not like this, right? Like you and I are both pretty expressive people, like at least, you know, assumingly extroverts in the sense that we put a decent amount of our life out there for the internet. Like the, right. the amount that I feel I lose from not having a face-to-face -face conversation, like no matter what it is, if it's this, if it's a business deal, like whatever, like I want to see your face and I want to like see the inclinations and see, you know, how, yeah. how something hits you. And that's why I like the long form conversations too, because it's like, if this was to be a 15 minute interview and I was just to ask you about three or four highlights really, really quick, yeah. you don't even get a chance to talk and express your that. thoughts. Like mm -hmm. there's no way I would bring up the election if we weren't going to talk about it for 35 minutes, because one three minute clip is not going to encompass what you think you know, the, the, the long form conversation is like an art form that I feel has been lost over the course of like TikTok and like one minute Instagram videos and virality and like wanting to yeah. get a clip, you know, like there's a reason why I don't do a clips channel. Like a lot of people will clip interviews and put out the one minute to two minute to get views mm -hmm. because it's like, you can title it something really clicky yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But I want to do that. I want so if someone's going to listen, I want them to listen to the whole conversation or at You've least always been about very long form. Like even the video that you did or the videos that you've done and the one that you did with me was mm -hmm. intended to be from the get-go you told me more of the long form day in the life almost mm -hmm. unedited just yeah this is this is the whole picture yeah yeah like a walking interview is like exactly kind yeah. of what like i hope for it to be and like i think there's i think the reason why those took so quickly relatively from you know a channel that was nothing is because it showed a side of you guys that most people don't get to see everyone wants to talk to the games athlete and ask you about like, there's a reason why I haven't asked you one thing about the games and I don't really intend to because it's like, everyone's heard that stuff already. You know, like right. I will, we'll yeah. touch on it maybe as some things at the end, but like, you know, the, your life and everything that goes on around it encompasses so much more than just that. And that is something that is so easily highlighted and clipped and can really be taken in those highlights and clips in a good form. But it's like, you know, even if we were to talk about it, like I'm more interested in hearing about the psychology behind, you know, how you go through and do what you do versus like, you know, how many times did you rip on at Atlanta Just or whatever? Zero, a different perspective. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that's cool. I like that. And it does happen. I remember last year I did four or five podcasts or interviews the week after the games and it was almost like I could just press like the auto repeat button because I was asked <laughs> the same question. I would try to put some variance in the answers, but I was like, yeah. how many times did I go over Mary and the way that that felt in a different way? So yeah. uh, I think it is nice to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. And there's cream that's risen to the top. Like morning chalk up is a great news publication. Like, you know, that's how you get your highlights. That's how you get the like, whatever look on the competition. You answer those questions to them, but once they put it out, everyone's already, already heard that. You've seen that. You know what I mean? Like what is the point in just re regurgitating the same thing? redundant but yeah that's that's the problem with like the click line and the headbait stuff headline stuff you know what i mean like if if yeah. i needed to if i wasn't just going to title this inside the life of Noah olson and just 
that's it. If I needed something to make people click on this more so than that, like there would have to be questions about the games. There would have to be questions about like da 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 because I'd have to try to pull something out of you. But like, that's the other thing that I hate about, or I try to not do with any of my long form content is ever have an agenda. Like have, I don't want to have an intention. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to have an intention or something. Don't I'm trying lead to lead me in a direction. No, like yeah. people can feel that too, man. Like if you listen to conversations, especially, you know, sub 15 minute interviews, like they're leading people somewhere. They're, they're jabbing at them with mm-hmm. these little questions to get something. It's like, I just want to chat. I just want to talk. Like I, this is basically the same conversation I'd have for you, whether I was recording it or not. Like, I'm just like, Hey, yeah. you're a cool guy. I like you. Let's talk. Like that's it. Oh man. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate you, man. My beard. Let's talk about uh, Happy But Hungry. Is that the official? What's the official name of the clothing brand? Happy But Hungry. That's it. Yeah, Happy that's, but Hungry that's Co. like my my personal brand. No, yeah. Happy But Hungry dot Co. Um, the Happy But Hungry Instagram, just as Happy But Hungry was taken. Oh, wow, gotcha. Who even knows? It's just like a page with nobody on it, and we tried to get it from them, but. He had to do the little workaround rather than doing an underscore. We were like, yeah. let's just go with the dot co, which also yep. is the website. So it's easy for people to, yeah. So, but first, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's been just kind of like my little catchphrase and brand for the past few years and decided yeah. to try to maximize it. And doing these little clothing collections is a fun way to do it. I've got more ideas in the pipeline, but yeah, I'm, I'm liking the direction that it's headed. Dude. So first of all, badass such a cool move i'm so stoked to see it i think i it's been something i've been saying forever i'm like i do not understand why more athletes aren't taking personal brands into their hand and capitalizing it on the same way other creators do every youtuber in the world sells merch and you know like there's no reason why you shouldn't brand something especially if you're smart like you are and i don't even know if you did it intentionally you can tell me if you did but this happy but hungry thing is this beautiful personal brand that you've naturally built over the years again whether it was intentional or not i don't know thank you yeah you formed it really raw really organically people know exactly who they're talking about when they hear that it's you it's encompassing you it's that lion it's everything and and you know to be able to then bridge that into something that people can really physically feel and get behind in the clothing is like i was like this dude is so thank you for someone That's finally really doing powerful it. to uh, hear you say. I know we were just talking about not clipping things out, but I want to grab that like <laughs> little 30 second clip and post it because it's exactly the way that well, it, it, there was not really an intention behind it. Yeah. Like you said, it, it did happen very organically. Happy But Hungry was born from a conversation with my coach. I, I literally just said it in passing like mm-hmm. that I was happy but hungry. And mm-hmm. then it kind of turned into a thing. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to I don't know. I want, I want that catchphrase to be a little something. And I think maybe it started yeah. as a hashtag and then it turned into a t-shirt and then it turned into a website and then it turned into whatever it is now. But I think that it is cool for it to be something that people can latch onto that can be many things, right? It, it, it could be a lifestyle. You know, if you do choose to live your life happy, but hungry, where to me, that means that you love what you're doing, but you're trying to do it even better. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing because that can inspire people to live that way. If it is a clothing brand that looks cool to you and, and feels good to wear and has a cause behind it, I think that's awesome. Eventually, mm-hmm. speaking of causes, I'd love to have some sort of happy but hungry charity or nonprofit. And I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but that's something that we're working on. So uh, at this point, it does feel like an established thing, which was not 
the purpose of it when it, yeah. it came about. But I, I, similar to the way that my CrossFit career happened, it was just something that kind of naturally grew and I, I fell into. And I think that's what's happening with this. And I'm enjoying the ride. Dude, it's really cool. And it's really cool to see because it's exactly like you said, it was something that kind of came about naturally. It's a message that's organic and true to you, which is what people are going to stick to, what people are going to understand versus if you would have just put your face on a shirt and been like Noah Olson and that's it. Or like sold like mock CrossFit Games jerseys. Like that has a very limited shelf life in the life of you as an athlete. Like that's not going to be like, it'll be cool to some people after the fact, but like it won't be new people. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 relative to now whereas this is something that like this reaches so much beyond your prospect career like people see that and see that message and have no idea who Noah Olson is but are like wow that encompasses so much they listen to the brand message they're like that is cool and so like the ability to bridge and that when people are building personal brands that's the most important thing is like have it be something that you know you can detach from yourself at some point it doesn't have to exist with you you know yeah. what I mean? It's something that can relate on a greater scale because that's how you're going to scale it. And that's how you're going to build something that becomes the next, you know, whatever off white or whatever, you know, something that just like, oh, like something that, that well, it's just, it's, it's something that can, that can reach beyond yourself. And again, like with the CrossFit thing, like I, I'm a big fan of not being pigeonholed. Like that's, you know, that's why I wanted to start vlogging too, instead of just a day in the life stuff. And like, I like having a mix of things. Go. Quick side note, yeah. because it just came up yesterday. What, where does the phrase pigeonholed come from? I, what does that mean? Is that a hole that a pigeon goes in? Like, I don't know. I, I, that's one that I'm curious about that I'll have to Google after this. But. See, I will have to Google it too. I have zero idea, man. I just, I, I just say things. I don't often know what I'm saying. I just say things. Yeah. And if they sound don't good, I go off. for it. I, I yeah. feel like sometimes I just have a, th- a thesaurus, but I don't understand what word I'm replacing. I just say kind of like, bigger words i don't know it, it makes me sound intelligent uh <laughs> but no it's cool man. I, I do that i do that i think the the initial this was your first launch or the last launch that just happened was that your first launch or is that second in theory that was two at Wadapalooza. we did uh the first official collection um right. so i'll just give you a quick background i yeah what was it two three Two and a half years ago at this point, we made the first shirt. And that was mm. the Joanne had actually written out Happy But Hungry. And we went through like a couple iterations of how can we make happy look like this fun, pretty, like I wanted you to feel the word happy in the way that mm-hmm. she'd written it. And then the hungry part to be like a little bit more burly and aggressive and, right. and masculine. And I think she did a great job of it. And it was cool that it was personal and it came from her. But it yes. was that script and then the little lion photo, which was a picture that I'd seen from a local artist that I loved and we like bought the piece of and then I ended up being able to utilize it for the art. Side note on that, that picture, the lion is wearing an Indian headdress or a Native American headdress. Yep. At the time, I didn't really consider the implications of that. Right. I've had a handful of people reach out about the, um, what is it called? The, the cultural appropriation element yeah. that that, Sure. represents and for that reason i've discontinued using that particular image mm-hmm. just because if it's upsetting anybody I, I, that's sure. not right and sure. i don't want to benefit from that so um perhaps we can revitalize the lion and come come back with a little something long mm-hmm. story short started with that shirt i eventually realized that the brand was picking up a little bit of steam and so i hired a couple friends of mine there he is or he he or she he big earns he 
Ernie. What up, Bubba? He wanted to say hi. He kept been jumping on my leg for like 20 minutes. So I'm like, all right, I got to pick him up. Otherwise, he's not going to stop. Man, dogs are just instant joy, huh? Dude, they're the best. We've had him for like a year and a half now, not to interrupt, but yeah, exactly. We've had him for like a year and a half. And then like when we first got him, it was totally my girlfriend. I didn't really want the responsibility of a dog and I never really had a dog. And now I'm like absolutely in love, fully obsessed. He's my whole world. It's not much more I care about. No, it's the best. I I understand that. Trust me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway, my boy. Design, moving on. Design. Uh, hired a, a mini team, a few friends of mine that were starting to get into that world of like mm. social media brand building. And it was an initial investment that was kind of scary. You know, like I, I could see the potential of investing mm-hmm. in this growing, but I'm also that upfront cost of hiring somebody. Is it going to be worth it down the road? I, I don't know. And it hasn't fully proven itself. I'm mm-hmm. still in that like uh, guesswork investment phase, but I do believe in it enough that I think it's worth it. And so the team that I have are two great friends of mine and they have done a good job of just helping kind of bring it to life. And we're talking right now about it rather than just being like a pop-up collection and then fading off until the next one, like something mm-hmm. that just lives year round and they'll just yeah. keep the brand alive through many different means. Um, yeah. but that, that's what we're looking toward. And who knows, man, I, I had the thought the other day, like, what if this turns into something that is sold in department stores? I don't know, that sounds wild and ridiculous, but nope. I feel like if I, if I end up working with a designer who does a good enough job and I've already kind of built the platform and if enough mm-hmm. people hear about it and start wearing it, that's not impossible. Dude, not it's, even close to impossible. If yeah. I'm having those dreams for my like, startup brand there's no reason why you shouldn't you know like 17 million steps ahead i think it's super cool i want to ask you two questions about the first one how does that work with nike because you're still a nike athlete right yep yeah yeah so that um within my personal contract every nike Mm -hmm. athlete's contract is a little bit different Mm -hmm. there are certain stipulations that like were important to me that maybe weren't important to somebody else and maybe Mm -hmm. we took a, a hit somewhere in order to have that a possibility so in my nike contract all athletic footwear and clothing is what i'm under contract with them for yep. anything that is kind of more like lifestyle street wear yep is not something that is exclusive to nike, nike. so cool. I'm, I'm able to in that regard do these things that are intended to be fully lifestyle clothing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If I started to like creep into the realm of anything sportswear, like if I were to make a pair of athletic shorts or even, mm-hmm. so when we're doing photo shoots for the stuff in the brand, we purposefully avoid all fitness yep. elements, right? We, we wouldn't ever do it in a gym. I would never be like squatting or mm-hmm. jumping. Just keep it totally chill mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not to get too in depth on contract stuff mm-hmm. so that I don't end up saying the wrong thing, but yeah. there are other Nike athletes that have reached out to me and been like, how the heck do you do that? My contract like clearly states that I cannot. Um, yeah. I feel very fortunate that I'm able to have kind of the best of both worlds yeah. right now and hope to be able to continue that. Yeah. Well, I ask it's, it's fascinating because I've had pushback from brands on similar things. Like I've done a couple 
one-off deals with different clothing companies in the space. And there's always been questions around, but like, aren't you selling merch? Like da da da. I'm the same way. Like I make athleisure merch because that's just what I wear. Like I wear Lululemon. Lululemon is my absolute favorite thing on planet earth. And I like clothing. That's like athleisure. Best of both worlds. Yeah. I don't really wear gym clothes outside of the gym, but I also don't wear jeans. So like, I like having, you know, something comfortable, but also like slightly fashionable, whatever. And that's, that's what I'm interested in. Did you have the, was this foresight? Was this you being like, I think this might be a play down the road when you negotiated that contract to have yourself be able to like sell athleisure wear? Was that something you thought of beforehand or was that just happenstance? You're like, Oh cool. I'm allowed to do this. Yeah. I think it was actually a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it was a consideration when we put it in the contract, but I don't think we had had this vision yet. So it was almost like a, a bit of lucky chance, um, that it worked out that way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's interesting because I, I absolutely love all of Nike's clothes. I'm not just saying that because I'm sponsored by them, but like, they're the best dude. Yeah. There's nothing else that I want to work out in shoes, shorts, shirts, whatever. Yeah. But and they do have some amazing lifestyle stuff too. Like yeah. if you go to the Nike uh, sportswear section or ACG, mm-hmm. like I love a lot of that style stuff. And I'll even draw some inspiration from that stuff into mm-hmm. my lifestyle category. But I think like you said, the, uh, I don't know if my Nike relationship will last my entire life. Like mm-hmm. that'd be amazing. Nike, let's, mm-hmm. let's do it, but yeah, uh, just do it. I should say, but uh, <laughs> in the off chance that it doesn't, this is something that could carry on beyond my years of being an athlete yeah and that i mean basically answer my next question but like people rest on their laurels like a lot of athletes rest on the fact that they're making x amount of money every year from this brand and they don't look past the life as an athlete or the fact that this brand contract might not always be there to think of something like how do i capitalize on this personal brand that built now not all athletes in fact most athletes don't have a really strong personal brand like you do but the even idea to create one sometimes eludes a lot of athletes I find and you know the value prop in having that to build upon like it doesn't even have to just be like you already like you're ever trained post pro you have happy but hungry on the bank like there's you know what I mean like there's there's so many worlds where this can live in and the value and the IP of building happy but hungry as something that relates to you and bridging it now in your athletic life is like it's infinite potential, man. So it's, it's super cool to see. And I mean, dude, the other thing I want to say about the clothes is just the actual clothes themselves are so cool. Like whatever design team you brought on, like, dude, that's unreal. I'm sitting here in like Photoshop with like a PSD being like, okay, (laughs) how do I, like, I have like no clue how you made it look so good. That's amazing. And for a second launch, it's like, you have like 17 items. Like it's dude, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll give you a quick little background just for people that maybe are curious on that process. So a yeah. friend of mine who actually, he's the designer of this t-shirt is from his personal brand. It's called Friends and Family. Mm-hmm. He's a local Miami guy. And when I started, when I designed one of the first t-shirts with him, he actually helped me do, it wasn't even for anything t-shirt related. It was like some graphic design thing that I'd use for my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then when I first started thinking about designing more clothing items, I was like, Hey, you do that. Could I potentially hire you? I love the way that you do your other stuff. So basically we have an ideation session when I first approached him about the Wadapalooza line. That was our first launch. It Mm -hmm. was all, it very much fit that, um, 
what's the word the the all that dang it i have a word on the tip of my tongue one of those <laughs> words that we're talking about my I know. hate it so anyway it fit the uh fit the moment for waterpalooza yeah. where yep. everything was very um miami and sunshine and fitness and, and fun and this second collection was very much the opposite for me i wanted to clearly address what was going on in the world mm -hmm. whether it was political or equality and justice and just this overall sense of heaviness that i think mm -hmm. we're all feeling i wanted to not like avoid that and, and there were times that that carries over into my real life too right like mm -hmm. i don't know about you but for a while posting on instagram anything that didn't address that situation felt ignorant and like right. i would be upsetting somebody that's dealing with whatever they're dealing with so I wanted the clothing to address it so that I wasn't being ignorant to people that may be suffering from whatever it may be. But I also wanted to provide a really strong sense of hope, you know, right. for the people that were going through the tough stuff. Like that's very on brand for me. Hey, mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. Life is still good depending on the way you look at it. And there are beautiful things that you can see through the fog of everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I basically conveyed that message to Pedro, who's my friend that helped with the design and a couple like actual concepts that I had. And he came back with the first run of this is what that conversation that we had looks like to me. And it was like right on, you know, I just got very lucky that he came up with some of the concepts that he did. Mm -hmm. um, and then I like for the next line, I'm sure it'll be a similar process where it's like, all right, this is what's going on in my world. How can we make some clothes that reflect that? Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll give you an idea as long as you or somebody else doesn't steal it. You have to think he promised me virtually. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't do it. I couldn't it, do it, it even it, if it, I wanted to. I don't have the, I don't have the resources, but you go yeah. for it. So uh, somebody was just talking to me the other day about a clothing brand that does recycled clothes like their shirts are made of recycled yarn and uh plastic bottles and they're supposed to be super comfortable on top of that and i was thinking man it'd be really cool that made me think of earth day earth mm -hmm. day is like april may i was like mm -hmm. what if we did a launch of clothes that had to do with like the health of the earth right. utilize that clothing material and did like a beach cleanup for the launch. So right. I don't know, that's potentially one of the other lines that'll come down the road, just being able to tie all that stuff together. I want each line to have some purpose and connectivity and not just be like random little pieces of things here and there. So we'll see how it continues to grow, yeah. man. But I think as long as I'm willing to make that investment in the team and, and keep it alive, then hopefully everybody out there kind of keeps supporting the vision and it can turn into something big. Dude, that's it's cool to hear because you know the the biggest thing i'll give you kudos for is that the fact that you talk about the initial investment because there are ways to do it sort of without much of an initial investment you know you just go to some joe bro at a screen printing thing and he kind of makes the design yeah. for you and you kind of just whatever and it's one t-shirt and you go and you know that's kind of a whatever way to do it the people who aren't really into it but the fact that you talk about bringing on a team the fact that you have the designs the fact that your second launch has like 12 pieces or whatever it is like more than one t-shirt yeah is showing the fact that you really believe in this thing and that is that is as for an entrepreneurial pursuit you can't succeed without that you have to put the chicken before the egg you talk yeah. about that risk you talk about that uncertainty that is part of doing an entrepreneurial pursuit in any capacity and it is really cool to hear you say that. And I think people should 
hear that and understand the passion that then comes behind you doing it. You're not just doing it because you want to make a quick buck. If you wanted to make a quick buck, you'd put your face or your name on a t-shirt and flip around and sell probably maybe even initially more because it's more yeah, trying to increase the margin completely relevant to what's going on right now. Whereas this is something you have vision for you have foresight for it's a passion project and you're willing to invest more now for the potential of having a girl in the future. So that's super inspiring. That's super cool, man. So kudos for that. Have you always been entrepreneurial? Like, did you, have you always felt like you've had a desire to like build something? Yeah. It's ironic that you say that. Cause I was just talking to Joanne the other day about how, when I was a kid, I had like these little summer job hustles yeah. where I'd go around mow people's lawns or wash people's cars or make lemonade and, and whatever it may be. Um, so I think that would speak to maybe me having that. I think beyond being 10 years old and doing that in the neighborhood, it, that faded a lot. And True. my focus just like school and athletics within the last handful of years, like three, four, five years, starting to see a little bit of success has made me like, all right, like uh, picking up steam, you know, and, and getting yeah. the ideas and seeing how I could really capitalize on what I've built and is continuing to grow right now. Um, to touch back on the initial investment thing, there was a point in time relatively recently that my manager Bijan and I talked about, look, we've got a ton of potential. There are a lot of really great ideas that we want to capitalize on. And right now for us to continue to take on all those projects ourselves is going to limit us in all those places. Cause I'm, mm -hmm. we're going to get spread thin. Right. I, mm -hmm. when I launched my website, I, I, not that I, uh, Sorry, I just got a little something that shifted our screens. Can you still see me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. I can see you here. You're fine. Okay, yeah, something weird happened. So um, I was initially doing that myself. Like I was maintaining my website. I was putting the programming up. And we basically had to come to the point where it's like we need to build out teams and offload projects to other people. What is that? There's a word for that. Um, Elegating? Yes. Delegating. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Delegate tasks to different people that we trust. And that in itself is really scary. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. am I legit enough to hire a team? Like, do I need to have an employee for my personal brand? That still sounds absurd to me, mm -hmm. but in order for that to actually be legitimate, I need to take that step. If I never do it, then it's never going to seem real. But if I make it real, then it's going to continue to grow. And, and I think everybody, deals with that in, in any situation in life. It's like, if mm -hmm. you want something to grow, you have to feed it and feeding it is taking your resources, right? So rather than being comfortable with money in our bank account, that just like makes us feel good and secure. It's like, all right, I'm going to take some of that money out and put it into this with mm -hmm. the hope that not only it's going to, not only will it grow something that can feed our account even more in the future, but it's going to be fulfilling, you know, it's going to create something that's going to have an impact on a lot of people. And the, the second launch, one of the intentions behind that, because there was so much crazy stuff going on in our world, I wanted to pick an initiative that we could give back to. So it felt mm -hmm. even more fulfilling than me just like profiting off of yep. making cool clothes. So all of those things lead to me wanting to continue to invest and in seeing where it'll grow. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Fingers crossed that it, it keeps on growing, but yeah, totally. And I mean, it's those steps, like you said, man. The fear of making that first step, the thought process of being like, 
am I deserving of this? Am I good at that? that dude, that's the same thing people face in all walks. Like the amount of, yeah. you know, personally messages I'll get from people who want to start creating content and they're like, but like, I only have this many followers on Instagram. Like, I don't feel like just go for it. You know what I mean? It's a go for it mentality with anything. And it's so crazy. Like, you know who Max Tuning is, right? Mm-hmm. Sour strips. It's the mm-hmm. same story. He was, I've he talks about in my drawer right now. Dude, he talks about it all the time, how he was like, he had no idea how to start a candy company, but he just was like, Hey, this kind of fits with my brand, whatever. And he started it. And now he's in like HEBs all over Texas and it's, you know, growing like wildfire and he's probably going to get into AMC soon. And like, but he still like puts it all in Excel spreadsheet. He still talks about how he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, you know, the age of information and internet being the great equalizer allows you with collaboration and humility to accept help from others to accept that, yeah, you don't know enough necessarily mm-hmm. to do this one thing, but you're willing to, to help. You're willing to bring, you have the confidence to take that first step. It all snowballs, man. And like the yep. greatest way to learn is by failing. The greatest way to learn is by making mistakes and adapting from it. And so, you know, people's hesitation to make decisions and to do something, it's like, what's the alternative? Like you're going to make a decision and it's going to be wrong. You're going to learn from it. Or you don't make the decision, you don't learn and you get nowhere. It's like, what are you doing? Like, go, go. If you have this idea and you believe in it, it's something you care about, do it. You're just going to learn. Like, it's only going to further you and, and the rub off of that in life, dude. Like, the rub off on that and how it's going to develop you as a human. Like, even if it's like a hobby, I always encourage people to try to find some way to publicize or even monetize their hobby, not even to make money or to whatever, but just the amount of things be able you want to continue to do it more. Yeah. And like, the amount of things you learn just by like, trying different things, making yourself uncomfortable, putting yourself in these situations. Like you said, that's like, whoa, uh, imposter syndrome. It's like, you can break through that really quickly by just doing it. And then you're like, holy crap, all these people are buying my clothes. Whoa, all these people think this is super cool. Like, okay, let's go. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, more fuel to the fire. But if you didn't take that first step. A wise man once said, dream it, do it. Hey, there you go. I like it. I like it. It's cool, man. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right there. Um, it's, it's cool, man. It's just cool to see people taking those steps in positions where oftentimes a lot of people don't. And like I said, like you, you have a relative comfort factor right now in the sense that you're a successful athlete at the top of your game. You have brands behind you. You have a big following. You could sit back on your couch every day train and do nothing else there's no reason necessarily right now why you have to be doing this but here's the thing is right now i'm talking right now there's no reason and a lot of people think right now and that's it and i'm a big believer in being happy in the moment but the fact that you don't just sit back with your mark pro on and relax on the couch 24 7 and whatever (laughs) the fact that your brain's spinning and you're willing to put in that work to to develop something like this is a testament to like, I think what a lot more athletes and individuals should take is that like, there's always, there's always more you can't do. There's always more to be done. And if you're willing to put in the work, like sounds corny, but your wildest dreams can come true. You can do something that like makes no sense to, to, to other people, you know? You know what? Everything that you just said sounds like to me, it can be summarized by happy, but hungry. Yeah, exactly. You just said it. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're a proponent for, being happy in the moment, you know, like, yes, do enjoy the fact that you have built what you've built, but also think about what more you can do and building for the future. And that's something that I like, I fight with the balance of that all the mm-hmm. time and, and happy, but hungry feels like you settle right in the middle and that doesn't always happen. But 
I, I'm the type of person that if I'm sitting on the couch doing nothing, that kills me because I'm like, what mm-hmm. could I be doing right now? I always want to be productive. That's a, yep. a word that's always in my brain, productive, productive, yep. productive. If I'm not training, I want to be building the brand. If I'm not yep. taking photos for this thing, I want to be coming up with an idea for this. And so, mm-hmm. but in the midst of all that, I do need to allow myself either while I'm doing it or taking a break from doing it to just like take a deep breath and be like, man, you are in this beautiful home. And maybe like in 10 years, you'll be in a a bigger, even more beautiful one. But right now, like this is so much cooler than the apartment that you lived in five years ago that you've earned your way out of, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, finding that balance I think is important, but yeah. Dude, it's understanding how blessed you are just to wake up in the morning, just to have food on the table, just to have water to drink, just to have the ability to go out and make your own choices every day as to what you're going to do with your time. Like understanding happiness for 99% of people, especially in North America, is just a matter of stopping, taking that breath, having something, whether it be journaling, whether it be a devotional book, whether it be, you know, whatever, just that, that moment of quiet when you first wake up or before you go to bed or whatever it is for you where you stop to appreciate and slow down. Cause like it's people like you and me, dude, like the more you talk, the more I'm like, we are the same person. Like it's so easy to run faster than your legs will move. Like you have all these visions, you have all these visions of grandiose and you want to chase, 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 chase. But you realize that if you chase, 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 one day you're going to look back and be like, holy crap, where'd the last 10 years go? You flash. So it's yeah. important to realize the happiness that you have in the moment and the, the, the blessings that are around you and what's going on in your life that can then almost give you in a lot of ways the confidence to take that next step. Because I realize right now I'm so happy. I'm so happy where I am right now. Genuinely. Like I love it. I love nice. my life right now. It's amazing. Love to hear that. But it's one percent of where I think I would like to go. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. I want to grow the yeah. channel to, what I want to do with the brand, what I want to do with all this stuff. It's nowhere near where I think I want to be. But even though I'm nowhere near where I think I want to be down the road, I'm so happy. And if I don't get there, I'm going to be just as happy. Like it's not going to change. Like I'm not chased. Like I don't care about the Lamborghini or whatever. I, I have these goals, these things that I want to achieve, but understanding that like, really, I don't need much more than I have right now to feel so internally happy with, with everything. You know, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's an, an interesting parallel to that during the CrossFit games this year. I, I mm-hmm. have to bring it up at least once. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> I was doing some journaling and I, I, was kind of going long-winded more so than I usually do. I I was like three pages in and following this theme of like, no matter what happens this weekend, I do love what I'm doing. I love the life that I've built and no matter what, everything's going to be okay. You know, you come in, come in last place. You're still going to have the people around you that you love. You're still going to have the home that you've built and these opportunities and so I, I kind of had written a few times, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to yeah. alleviate some of the pressure that I was feeling, you know, like more than anything, I desire to win across the game so badly. Mm-hmm. I want that. I've worked so hard for that, but it doesn't matter is what I had yeah. written. And I went through the weekend and I finished in fourth place. And I was so upset that evening. And the next morning I woke up, and I opened the journal and on the very next page, the only thing I wrote was, it does matter. Right. And so I, that was an interesting thing for me to learn and experience. You know, right. I, I had thought that I was putting myself in a place of like, 
hey man, you're good. You, you, you live this beautiful life. Not, I think maybe the contentness mm -hmm. started to tilt the scale a little bit this way. And I needed to, to be a little bit more on like the hungry side than sure. the happy side. Maybe. Sure. Not that I like performed poorly over the weekend or that I let that feeling, uh, throttle me back i don't think that was it i don't think i was out mm -hmm. on a competition floor saying like you know what i'm all good life is nah. good i don't need to try hard that never happened you know i was right. going for it but the fact that i didn't achieve what i wanted to made me think like you need to get a little bit more like it, it means more than you thought it did so yeah. that's something that i'll carry into this next season still just like teetering back and forth on that happy but hungry scale and and mm -hmm. just trying to find the proper balance yeah, totally. Totally. I have a couple, I know you got to get going soon. So I want to close off with a couple questions. I need to pee so <gasps> bad though. So if you just give me one minute, I just need to pee and I'll oh, be right back to close off. I'll be I'm here. Like dying. Just don't bring the camera with you. What do you guys think that I should do? I don't know if he's going to cut this out, but uh, for entertainment's sake while he's gone, so you guys aren't just staring at a blank screen. Let me see if I can get Max to come say hi. Max. Can you come here, Bubba? Can you come say hi to all these nice people? Come here. Look. Who's right here? Come here. Come, Bubba. Max, come. Max, come. Come. Hi, buddy. Come here. Oh, you're so cute. Waking up from a nap, stretching. Come here. Come here. Come, come, come. Come, trust me. Hey, come here. Come here. Good boy. Good boy. Oh, there he is. Hello, world. Max just woke up from a nap. Hello, everybody. You're a good boy, huh? Mm -hmm. Max is my best friend in the world. He's a golden retriever. He's almost seven. He's such a good boy. Hey, can I have a kiss? Can I have kisses? No kisses? That's okay. You want to say hi to Nate's dog when he comes back? You want to do a little dance? Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, going to knock over the computer. Don't do it. Anyway, hope that was semi-entertaining. Man, that was like pull off to the side of the road, stick your wiener out the window of the car and just let it fly. Like that was like, that hit me out of nowhere. It was like halfway Listen, through, halfway through that last little talk. I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> I hate, I hate to tell you, we could hear you the whole time. You got a heavy flow, my man. Dude, I talk about it, man. I had this whole water bottle and this coffee Ooh. in the time we were talking. And Attaboy. I think I just opened up the floodgates to like Niagara falls and that thing hit like that was yikes yeah i even have my headphones you heard it through my microphone that's wow that's impressive yeah i there's a little surprise for you in that downtime it wasn't just the time of me sitting here doing nothing all right you'll great. find out later perfect i'll just let it play through that and everyone can hear me pee i did it in a vlog the other day because i had i was like driving to the gym and i did like this bit about how i really needed to pee which was true and i was like freaking out da 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 and so like, I had this like quick cut sequence of me getting to the gym, opening the door, running to the bathroom, closing the bathroom door. And then the silence, like the breath in between the quick, 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 quick was just a shot of the camera facing the door and you hear the, the triple in the background. The flow. I, got some, I got some mixed replies on that. <laughs> You're all about it though. Now this has opened the door to something Dude, new for you. Building an accidental personal brand about uh, flow. <laughs> I should get a sponsorship by like Flowmax. That's that PE guy, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Flow max. I've had to take know. that before. Oh, really? I've, I've taken that for kidney stones. Oh, yeah. I've had two thus far in my life. And I think flow max is what they take to just like 
open it up so you can pass it a little easier. Is that just like too much protein? What what causes that? I don't know. It's a kind of a hereditary thing. They say right. my dad has had a handful in his life. Um, and the, the worst part of it all was that they did a, I don't remember if it was like a CT. They did some sort of scan mm-hmm. of my kidney. And they said, man, hate to break it to you, but we can see you have like a dozen other stones in there. They may, they may never, <laughs> ever come out. Like you could live the rest yeah. of your life with them still in your kidney, but you could pass like one a week for the next month. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> knock on wood, man, that's, that's such excruciating pain that I hope I don't have many more, but it's probably likely. <laughs> Can't you remove your kidney? Isn't that something that you like counted? I don't know. That's not true. You need a kidney, right? What's the one you have um, two of? I don't know. You don't have two kidneys. That might be you have one kidney. Liver? Kidney, liver? I don't know. Liver regrows. I know that. Man, we sound like idiots right now. Liver regrows. You have two lungs. You can live with only one lung. I think you probably only have one kidney. I would just be like, can you cut that portion out? Appendix? How have they not not figured out a way to stick a tube in and just suck them out? I don't know. Yeah. There's like a laser that can break them up so that they're smaller and they can pass easier, but they only do that in like extreme circumstances. Lovely. All right, man. I know you got your role, so I'm going to fire you off a couple user questions here from the Dream Team, which is kind of like my That's homie cool. intimate squad. So this, these will probably be a bit more crossfit Uh How do you keep such a positive mindset all the time? Rachel Ryan wants to know. You're known for this, man. That's your, it's your shtick. You know Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's a newer thing for me. I, I don't think I was always that. I think it is another one of those things that kind of grew and developed naturally. Mm-hmm started to like live enjoy what I was doing and then I relatively recently recognized that most of the time not all of the time but most of the time I think happiness is a choice yeah I think that you can make the choice to have a good day to be happy to be kind and when you Mm -hmm. make the choice that's another one of those like snowball effect things that it just kind of keeps happening there are some days where it's like impossible to make that choice. Just something happens and I'm like, nah, today's not going to be a good day. Right. But you can wake up the next day and be like, today is going to be awesome and I'm going to make it awesome. Yeah. Big I think practicing that is helpful. Perspective shifts, not to go too long-winded, but no. being able to look at every situation and shift your perspective. Like you got a flat tire. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you could look at it as, all right, cool, I've got more time now. I'm just, this is a totally random example, but I've got time while I'm waiting for the guy to come fix it to sit down and answer a bunch of DMs that I haven't mm-hmm. been able to get to, you know? Mm-hmm. I think being able to shift perspective on every situation is a helpful way of staying positive. Yeah, man, everything happens for a reason. Maybe that flat tire saved you from a car accident. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Marquez Caesar. How much do you like having games training partners, specifically Travis and Chandler? I know you tweeted out, not tweeted, Instagram storied out before the games that you wanted someone to come down to Miami. Is that like big vital part of the process? Yeah, I think so, man. I've been absent, or not I've been absent, but a training partner has been absent in my life for this entire season. I've had these little trips where I've gone up to train with guys for a few days at a time. But Mm -hmm. I think that's such a huge thing that I, I like need to implement this season if I want to like enjoy the training for the season and I think really thrive and be successful. So if there are any games athletes that are out there listening to this, 
please move to Miami. It's awesome. Dude, Miami's dope. Backyard, you can come swim with us, hang out with Max. Like so many cool things down here. Yeah, and man. we'll get to throw down every day. So I'm hoping that that's something that I can implement here. I don't think that'll soon. be, I don't think that'll be too hard. How many DMs do you get a day from like not cross the games athletes offering? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there was a handful and it's, it's hard to like filter through and say like, no, you, you don't reach the threshold that you do, but I'm hoping that it's another thing that happens naturally where it's like a friend of mine who I know is a phenomenal athlete and we've got similar goals and are on similar paths. We'll just be here and, do you, Charlie Miller wants to know, do you thrive off, I'm kind of paraphrasing some of these, but do you thrive off the competition aspect, whether it be in training or the games, or do you prefer to kind of have that like run your own race kind of headspace? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. There are some events where it makes sense to stay in my lane and not <laughs> race. Right. I, I, I actually, to be honest, like to be totally vulnerable here and not just sound like a tough guy athlete, mm -hmm. I recognize that I do need to work on my racing skills. There are times right. where I'm neck and neck and for whatever reason, I just, I, I'm not able to like tap that final gear that I need to like, what's like, what's it called? Put the nail in the coffin or yep. like stick the dagger in and, and finish yep. They're like the the lunge Toda bar event at the games this year is so close. And I, I just need like, I need to practice digging in at the very end and, and yep. finishing. So I think I need to work on my ability to race. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mark Albright. Do you think being a games athlete is healthy? This is actually one question that I love asking games athletes. I asked Pat before, yeah. like, do you think it's, it's healthy? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if you look at the overall picture of my life, like it's, provided me with super high level of fitness mm -hmm. and aesthetic that I enjoy this home that I'm in. Like mm -hmm. it's provided me with so much that has made my life healthier. Mm -hmm. If we're talking physical body, like am I beat up a little bit more often than your everyday average person that's going into the gym for an hour a day? Probably. Um, but would I sacrifice all these things that I have just to not like have my shoulder hurt a little bit? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? It's like, it depends how you define health. Like you're going to fight off COVID a lot better than someone who doesn't exercise Perhaps. at all. Yeah. The only health implications I see with the games athlete is just, it's just the physical stuff. Like the, the right. injuries, you might have a bit of a bum knee, but health, if you talk about the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, like right. you're as healthy as it gets. There's nobody healthier in terms of like metabolic strength, you know? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. But anyway, bro, I know you got to get run into an appointment, so I, I won't keep you any longer. I appreciate you coming on and chatting. It was good catching up today, man. Perfect timing. Yeah, it was good catching up with you too, my brother. I'm glad that we do have so many similarities that we can connect on. And uh, the next time you see me, I won't be looking as flowy as you do right now. We'll see how the whole dreadlock situation Dude, I am plays out. so excited. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat to see the walk. So <laughs> cool. yeah, man. It's good hanging out. I'll keep you posted early 2021. I'm, I'm sending it to the States. I got to come down and visit some people because it's been too long. Right. So I'll be You're sure to hit anytime. you up. Thanks, cool. buddy. All right, man. We'll All talk right. later. Thanks for watching, Dream hey, Team. Peace. See you, buddy. Bye. Lauren Cole, you are today's Team 10 winner. Last of the week from Rock Tape. Be sure to DM them. Linked in description. DM Rock Tape Canada. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week of content. I hope you did enjoy it. And I will see you on Monday. Thank you. Bye. Bye.